Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast, a perfectly palatable piece of ponderous patter for people of a yellow persuasion. I'm Tom, and this week, alongside me and John, we're delighted to welcome back Claire and Hannah, both slightly surprised that they've come back, uh, but hopefully we're going to talk some football for you. Starting with Swansea. That was rubbish, wasn't it, Hannah? How disappointed were you and how surprised were you by, by the result? Um, I was neither, to be honest with you. Um... I just had a feeling that this was not going to go our way. And I guess you can look at the past two results um, as to why that might have been. Uh, But also Swansea are a good team. I don't really understand the kind of wailing and gnashing of of teeth that's come after this. There are other good teams in the championship. We are going to lose some games. It was annoying because we didn't lose because Swansea were particularly good. Um, That was the frustrating thing about it. Uh, you know, there were two goals that we kind of gave them and then they could just sit back and defend, which they're very good at. So that was the frustrating element. That was a disappointing element. But in terms of it just just being, you know, losing, that happens, that will happen. Um, and yeah, I don't think it kind of, it all needs to be, be doom and gloom uh, here on out. I think uh, we, can, we can get over it. It was good we've got a whole week off now. Um, and I don't think Stoke is too bad a fixture to kind of to to have afterwards to try and get back, you know, get back into our into our rhythm and hopefully score a few goals. Well, Claire, are you worried about the the scoring goals because that you know we were uh, we were team top of the league and we weren't exactly free scoring and as it stands during the record of this podcast we're currently second because of Brent, Brentford are currently picking up a point against Reading um so you know as it stands you you can argue that the run of not scoring enough goals has finally come come back to to hurt us because we've lost that top spot that we held for you know best part of 3 months where where are the goals coming from on on Saturday well, obviously, Emmy's back on Saturday, so that will hopefully help. Um, clearly, we absolutely cannot win a game without him. Um, but yeah, I think on Friday night, we, we certainly got into a lot of really good positions. But as soon as we got there, we seemed to channel our inner Johnny Wilkinson and just sky the ball. You know, it was ridiculous. Literally, every single player seemed to just lean back when they tried to shoot, which was, I was like, "Are you actually professional footballers?" <laughs> um, it was. I found that the most frustrating th- thing of the whole game, to be honest. I didn't think, like Hannah said, I didn't think we were actually that bad. I think Swansea are a very good team, and obviously they got a lucky goal. And then, as soon as I saw Conor Hurahan's name on the team sheet, I kind of prepared myself for the worst because he has some kind of hoodoo over us. Um, but yeah, I didn't think we played that badly. So hopefully with Emmy back on Saturday, we can actually put some in the net, which would be thrilling given the last few weeks. Well, I think that's that's very much where I came down on, on the, the performance generally. Uh, it was a classic one where we did enough to, to win the game. And we've won games this season where we haven't created as much. Now, in terms of actual clear-cut shots on goal, you know, XG or whatever... Um, they might not have been tap-ins, but the the way we moved it from back to front, I thought Kenny McLean made a massive difference in in the mm. way that he the way that he contributed. Um, and we, I actually thought Toddy um, played played really well. Bearing in mind he was he was having to do so much huffing and puffing, and, and at two 0 down, 
that you know they they're the think they've got the best defensive record in the league, haven't they, Swansea? And they, they and played it like yeah, it, it showed. And also, let's it's, let's have it right at two nil when you don't have to show at home when you don't have to show any kind of um, attacking ambition at all. It's, it's a lot easier to look really compact. compact. We had plenty of opportunities. Um, Boheta for me is, I mean, he really is. He's actually looking worse every minute I see him. Um, and and he he did he made some really bad choices with regards to when he had some of those as you mentioned leaning back shots and when he should have squared it. Puki it puts us two nil up um, on another day. Uh, you know he, he had a couple of those kind of archetypal just being slipped in first time shots and I mean one of them was nearly eight nine yards wide and you thought I think I actually messaged a friend at that point and said someone's broken our team like it, it just he there's one thing just hitting it straight at the keeper or not quite catching hold of it but that was an archetypal team chance and to, to put it that far wide with without being shoved or being off balance or whatever he looks so, yeah, like I, he did at the end of last season now something yeah. I don't know yeah, if he's not fit. About him. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's strange. And, and it's such a shame that, that that has come at a time when Hugo isn't there to challenge him and isn't there to, to, to give an option. It Maybe Eda is going to take a little while to be up to, to full speed after being out. So um, what, what do you reckon, John? I, I thought that the doom and gloom as as Norma was slightly over the top afterwards, but that those that were saying, yeah, but they've got four points behind us and they've got games that had, they've been proven right. Cause as it stands, we have given up that lead and we're no longer top. Yeah. And I mean, for me, that's a disappointment because I'd, I think as soon as I'd tricked myself into believing that Norwich city, were just going to canter towards the championship title. Then it all started to unravel. Um, I just let myself start to believe that. And, and as I say, then it, then it's just gone wrong. But I don't know all four games that we've we've kind of failed to score in, and I think we're people can't be criticised for being concerned because we have failed to score in four games in a row, and that that is a real worry, and there is mitigation for that. Um, but all four have, have followed a relatively similar pattern in so much as we've been okay breaking the press. Um, you know, defensively we've looked relatively sound. I mean, the Swansea game it was only you know down to to one howler really from Tim Krull that is really uncharacteristic and then giving the ball away but actually you don't expect someone to to kind of slam it in the corner from what was that probably 25-30 yards so you know there wasn't much wrong with our performances until we got to the final third and I, and I think it's all well and good to say all right well Pookie had a bit of an off night or you know he's he's in a patch where he's struggling to hit the back of the net and then actually when we got chances we we skied them I don't think we're creating brilliant chances. I don't think we're creating clear-cut chances. The kind of guilt-edged chances, which, or guilt-edged chances that we were putting away with with ease. And um, I don't know. Pookie's confidence has, has suffered as a result of that because of the quality of chances that he's got. Um, the answer in in my head is is as simple as the fact that Emi Buendia will be back. Um, I think that will give the team a massive shot in the arm. And actually, it's just the three in behind Timu that I worry about. And when he's back, I don't know. I don't think we'll be quite there. We still need that number 10. And, you know, I'll, I'll talk ad nauseum about Marco Stieperman because he is my boy. And when he's in the team, you know, Timo Pukki is a different player. But I think that's what we need. We're lacking a number 10 to link the play effectively. We're lacking individual brilliance from from Emmy, which can win any game at any level, you know. Far and bit, it has done you know, this season. He can, he, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, he's got us um, out of holes previously you know with just a perfect assist or you know a wonderful you know kind of wonderfully taken goal so 
we're not too far away, but at the same time, I can, I can see why the Dowers are starting to get slightly worried about it. I don't think that there was too much to com- to be concerned about in terms of performance or moving the ball. As I said before, on in the Swansea game, it was the it was it ran to a very similar pattern to a lot of the one goal wins that we've had, where really we should have won by more. Um, we the the things that have been breaking for us this season, like the the uh, was it Barnsley where the lads slid in at the last minute and didn't quite connect with it, and that could have you know that could have meant that they got a goal. You know things like that. They've been bouncing for us a lot this season, and 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 Friday was you know with the, a dreadful refereeing performance as well. Um, it was just another. No, nothing was kind of bouncing for us on Friday. We weren't going to get any luck. We had to do it ourselves and we haven't been in a groove where we've made our own luck and made our own chances enough in these last three or four games. And, and that was the difference against a, a very, very capable Swansea team who by no means at any point did they play anything like as well as we have seen Norwich play this season. I, I still think having seen all the teams, you know, once and a few of them twice, you know, we are the best team in this league. We do play the best football in this league. When Could you still argue, argue that now, though, with Brentford? Yeah, yeah I disagree. They're so free-scoring, Brentford. They like they remind me of us two years ago. Yeah, I um, completely agree with and that. And I don't think we are that team this year. I think we've been edging wins, and it's come back to bite us on the bum a little bit in the last few weeks. But we haven't completely annihilated anyone like Brentford have this year. No, that's that's fair. But I I think the the, the quality of football. And the uh, quality of uh, control that we, the, the, sorry, the element of control we've had in games. Um, I think there have been several games that we've won by one goal, but but in terms of how the game has run, the, the level of comfort has really been more like three or four. Um, you know, in, but we in terms haven't of scored ha- those three no, or four. That's the yeah, problem. So, but that's a diff- There's a difference between there's a difference. I think about being um, the best team or, or having the most talented set of players and. Um, having the the best num the total number of goals, um, I think the it comes it, for me it comes down to uh, management and and I think it's a massive test of of Farker's uh, abilities to kind of go to the well and again show that he can come up with, with something. So we've had you know an eight an eight day break. It's hardly the international breaks that two or three times in his Norwich managerial career. He has he has really really come out of a manage, uh, an international break with re- a renewed revived team that have been firing on all cylinders and gone on a little run. Um, that's exactly what we need to do. Um, I mean, the, the point I made about about Brentford is it's I think it's too easy as a Norwich fan to to take for granted how well we have actually played this season. And the reason I say that is Brentford have been on a what would this if they were if they didn't lose tonight? It would be what twenty game unbeaten run. Twenty one, twenty one, right? Okay, and uh, they're level on points with us, right? So think how good we must be that a team have gone on a twenty one game unbeaten run and they've only just drawn level on points with us. That is a mark of actually how well Norwich must have done. It, it might be that we've we, you know a couple of ours have been wins instead of draws or what have uh, losses instead of wins that you know because they, they've only lost three games all season and, and we've lost a couple more than that but obviously you know we've we've won a couple that have been draws for them but when, when you want to when you want to put 
put kind of them in the conversation for being brilliant. And yeah, they're obviously they're having a fantastic season. They, they're currently, as it stands, top on goal difference after, you know, whatever we are, 65, 70% of the way through the season. They're obviously having a really good season. But it says something that they've had that incredible run and they've needed it to just draw level with us, right? And my thoughts are, are they going to go right the way through to the end of the season um, with going unbeaten? Probably not. Have they timed their run wrong? Probably. In a, you know, that they they now need to basically continue that incredible form from here in. We've had our wobble; they had theirs. Maybe you could argue towards the start of the season. I still think that, given the number of games there are left, and Michael Bailey did a really good job of this in, in the Athletic. I'm still confident that, given the squad we've got, I mean, I wouldn't swap it with with either Swansea or Brentford squad. Um, if with the squad we've got, if we don't get particularly unlucky with injury, we should have enough to win the requisite number of games to finish in the top two, especially bearing in mind we do still have Brentford to come, which is obviously now you know, a huge game, like Friday's one was. John, what, what, what say you on, on whether or not actually we should all be saying, oh God, Norwich are awful, they don't deserve to be, to be, to be allowed to play the same sport as Brentford because Brentford are amazing. Now, come on, Tom, I think you're that's, being that's a little a bit much. there. I, I'm, I'm with Claire in so much as I think Brentless, uh, Brentless, um, Brentford <laughs> have a relentless nature to them this season. So, you know, they go 1-0 down against Middlesbrough, they come back and they win, I forget, it was 3 or 4-1, but, you know, ultimately... They played them off the park. As soon as they'd gone 1-0 down, they showed character. They came back. You know, they were 2 all with Wickham, I think, and, and possibly had been 2-1 down or 1-0 down in that game against Wickham. And then, you know, they blew them out of the water. They just seemed to be able to score goals for fun. They just seemed to be able to come up with solutions when their players are injured. And I think, and well, you know, I think we're going to come on to it, but Norwich are very reliant on one player at the moment or one or two players to for us to be really effective. And I don't think Brentford are as reliant. So I, I definitely, I mean, for me, all the way along, you know, I watched the the game um, at Brentford and, and I thought they were a terrific side and, and had some really standout individuals. Um, I think they're the best team in this division. Now, do I think Norwich are the second best? Probably. Do I think we'll edge out Swansea? Yes, I think, I think we'll go up. I don't think Swansea will have enough. Um, but at the same time, don't think it's going to be a walk in the park. And Brentford, as Claire's just just correctly said, in my mind, they seem to have the feel of us a couple of years ago, and they've hit the top now. They don't have to continue with the same vein of form that they've had in the last twenty twenty one games. They just have to get two points per game now, and actually that will take them to you know ninety one, ninety two points, and and that will be enough. Um, so I'm hoping it's us and Brentford. But I think Brentford will probably um, win the league from here on in. Wow, you, you've changed your tune in what eight days, nine four days? Games, I would suggest the last four games. Yeah, four games. Yeah, okay. I, I, I think I think you're being as fickle as um, you you like to claim against the. Well, yeah, exactly. No, hundred percent. Like well, when, look- when you when you're a bit now. Nah, hang on, when you're being when you're being pious. Um, about about not getting too high, not getting too low. Um, I think that you're putting too much stock in 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 like a four game run. Now let's have it right. No, I'm, not. I'm saying that I'm saying that Brentford's 21 game run to me has led me to believe that Brentford are the standout side in this division. I'm not. I don't think I'm getting too high or too low. I think I got myself too high, as I said before, in so much as thinking that this would just be a walk in the park and, and this league, you know, HMS piss the league was an actual thing it's not 
you know, the championship is a bastard of a division and we're going to have to play really well to get out of it. I think we will. I think we'll, you know, so that's where I'm not, I don't think I am getting too high or too low. I'm still think we'll get promoted. And I still think we've got the nucleus of a really good side. Just the concern for me is that, um, you know, there's one or two individuals that are becoming irreplaceable in this side. And it's shown in the, you know, in these three or four games that actually when we don't have Emi Buendia in the team, um, we right now we're a shadow of the side without him. So Hannah, what would you say if we didn't have Emmy? Um, you know, if he had have gone for you know hopefully a sizable fee, and we got an okay, you know, replacement, or you know maybe you would argue you can't replace Emmy unless you're in the Premier League because you simply couldn't attract or spend enough money. Where do you think Norwich would be? Um, you know, do you think Farker has got the ability as a manager to to ever be able to to win a game of football without Emmy Buendia? Well, handily, I've just written my programme column on this very subject. Um, and Michael Bailey has just written a very good article on The Athletic all about this. Um, and his, I mean, mine, I would describe as purely subjective conjecture, whereas his is more sort of cold, hard stats. So if that's what you want, maybe go to <laughs> go to that. Um, but it was his was very interesting reading, actually, and kind of kind of backed up sort of in some ways what I what I would say. Um, and I guess my, uh, response to that whole, you know, there's this, this statistic that's trotted out about, uh, how many games we, um, win or don't win, uh, when Emmy doesn't play. And I just thought I would look at that stat because first of all, it's a really small sample size. I think it's, I'm talking about specifically championship games here. Um, and I think it's something like 15 or 16 we've played without him and we've only won one. Um, which obviously sounds sounds pretty bad. That's pretty stark. Um, but that is, that is a pretty small sample size. And if you look at uh, some of those games, I think they're not necessarily particularly strange results. You might expect the results to be the same if, if he was playing there. Some of them are against pretty good teams. Um, and I just wonder if we kind of... Uh, clearly, I'm just, I'm just going to say this right at the start so that, um, so that no one thinks I'm denying that Emmy is... An extraordinary player um clearly he he's incredible he is brilliant for us he has that ability to change a game he has single-handedly won games for us I'm not denying that and I'm not denying that we are probably a less um a less kind of exciting coherent creative team without him I completely ag- agree that that's the case but I just I wonder if it's kind of um it's taken on life its own a bit. This kind of, it's like this this ghost of Emmy's absence that hangs over all these games um, when he's not playing. And I just wonder if, I know that us fans are probably talking it up. I wonder if it's kind of become a bit of a thing with the players as well. And they think, oh my God, we haven't got Emmy. Um, and it just kind of becomes bigger than, than itself and bigger than it needs to be. And uh, I wonder if that, and there's a bit of a kind of psychological impact there as well. Because in Michael's piece, um, I'm probably going to horribly misquote this. Um, he doesn't mind because, because stats are not my strong point. But you know, it's more just just vibes is my football analysis. But uh, he I, he's I think he found actually that uh, attacking wise, it, our play doesn't change that much, and our attacking threat actually does not vary that much when Emmy doesn't play. Um, but there was quite a big difference defensively. Um, which I thought was really interesting because I'm not sure that's what any of us would, would point at as as Emmy's main influence. I mean, I think we know that he's pretty good at tracking back and recovering the ball and that kind of thing. 
Um, I mean, that's what gets them in trouble half the time. But so I thought that was really interesting. And that did just make me think, um, do we do we kind of blow this up a bit too much? And I think if Emmy left, if we lost him, then I think in a way that would sort of go that whole um, kind of the curse of of trying to win a game without Emmy. I wonder if that would just lift because we wouldn't have a choice. It wouldn't be, oh, I wish Emmy was here. I wish, you know, we could bring him in because we just couldn't. And we'd have you'd have to find a way to win without him. You, other players would have to step up and, and fill that role. Um, so Imagine if we never won again. Yeah, ever. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's clearly not going to happen, you know. So uh, I think... Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm not at all saying that the presence of Emmy Buendia is problematic, um, but I just wonder if we go too big on 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 this based because it's based on this stat, which is a pretty small, um, pretty small sample size, and uh, I just think maybe we just need to all calm down about it. To be honest, yeah, I think psychologically, uh, it definitely was apparent on Friday night, um, and I mentioned I thought Toddy. I, I, Toddy looked like he was trying. Now, I'm never saying that he's not trying, but he he some of the way he was moving the ball, there was almost a desperation in his body language, particularly once we went to two 0 down. That it, you know, maybe I'm 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 kind of uh, kind of projecting too much into it. But once I sort of noticed it, I then couldn't help letting that narrative develop in my mind, and it seemed to me like maybe he's aware that well if Emmy's not in the team then I'm that's it's my job isn't it I'm I'm the other guy that nearly went in the summer or I was the other guy who they were worried about losing and I'm you know probably the next most valuable in this supporting three um so it's really on me and he was he was I don't think I've remembered him going and collecting a ball from so many different parts of the field um to try and get stuff going and I, and I I thought his endeavor was terrific on on Friday and it was it was so clear from basically from that first goal really that okay well we've missed our we've missed our, some good chances Pookie doesn't look like he's on fire and now we, and now we've given them that goal away it, it was pretty obvious that that, that was it I and mean, it was yet another example of conceding early in the second half though wasn't it which is just such an Achilles heel of, of when Norwich are having a bad day then you know it's almost like a, okay yeah well it'll be the early second half goal then won't it um you know that is that that's kind of such a such a, a key sticking point for, for them to go over so I do I do want to talk about Farker I do want to talk about our, our, our levels of confidence of 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 him of him getting this kind of holy grail of a plan b um does he come out um John of the of this kind of eight day gap does he come with well, unfortunately he's been pretty snowy so it won't have been a nice place to train right. they've got indoor facilities at Colton. they have they have they, they have yeah uh, maybe they uh, maybe maybe they've all been in there the whole time but the the is he is he going to come out with with some kind of plan B now that we've you know four defences in a row? Um, obviously, one of them is the greatest, one of the greatest teams ever to play football in Swansea, um, and then and then some other. And no, obviously, you love, mate. Come on, we've we've established you, that. Look. Now you you love you loved Barnsley as well, didn't you? You think Barnsley? I did like Barnsley. You think, and I like you Luton. Think he's the next pep. Yeah, yeah, but we have, yeah, we haven't played Luton. Oh my goodness, we've got we've got the return game against Luton coming up soon. God, we Can't wait. Trouble. Can't wait. They'll, they'll, oh, yeah, we'll probably lose three times against them. Oh um, no. So yeah, the um, what are you, you asking heard, me? Um, what I'm asking you is, do, do you think that Farker is going to um, knuckle down with with Plan A and try and make Plan A work better, even though it's been found out again, or do you think that he is actually going to come up with something that 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 creates a different way of creating chances more quickly? 
because the I'm metronomic gonna... passing stuff has been has been worked out this year. I'm going to sound like a little bit like a broken record, but the absence of a number 10 really, really worries me. That's the biggest thing in this side. So if we, I think... Does Hannah's, he start Dowell then? Well, yeah. And I think this is where if you're saying about he's had eight days to, to have a look at things and to maybe come up with a plan B, I'm not necessarily saying it's a plan E, a, a plan B. I think it's a plan A. Plan E? It's oh, not that plan bad. E. We're only second. You don't have to go to no. plan E. <laughs> but it's the plan A at the start of the season was Kieran Dowell in the 10, probably, you know, Possibly not Emmy Buendia on the right because we, we all thought he'd go, but probably Todd Cantwell um, as part of that as well and a, and a pacey winger alongside that. I, I mean, he's going to start Emmy Buendia on, on Saturday, but I just think we need a number 10 and Marco Stieperman can't come back quickly enough. He links the play in a way, even if he's he's absolute dog shit, he links the play in a, just a different way in so much as he will look to carry the ball. He will look to break the lines, he will get his head up. And more importantly, he will be looking for Timmy Pukki at every opportunity. He will be looking to to thread him in. And their understanding is ridiculous. We need to develop that kind of understanding between Dow plus, you know, whichever striker it is that he's going to play with. You know, we'd presume it's it's Pukki for the foreseeable future. But, you know, if it's Hugo Lareda moving forward, then then that's fine too. So I think it's back to plan A, but plan A at the start of the season, which is, you know, kind of this Dowell in the 10. Um, probably Buendia on the right and Campwell on the left. I I kind of agree um, to an extent with Hannah about you know the fact that Emmy the Emmy whole Emmy thing isn't as bad as as everyone's making out. Um, but I do think that this season we've we've almost become reliant on him getting us out of jail. And there's there's been games where we haven't been playing well, and it's just been we'll give Emmy the ball and, and let's see what what can happen. Um, and, and we do need to step out of that. And as you say, Tom, Todd needs to step out of Emmy's shadow a little bit. And he he definitely tried that against Swansea. Um, and his defensive work was was a lot better as well. So I think to answer your question, I think they, they will strengthen the original plan A, not necessarily the plan A that Farkas has been using throughout this season um, for the last or for the last kind of 10, 15 games. I think it'll be plan A from, you know, kind of Kieran Dow in the 10 let's try and play fluid football let's get it into our number 10 and try you know quickly and try and link it all from there um and if we can do that right farker ball has has been proven to to work against any side farker hasn't had to reinvent the wheel in the championship if you play good football with an effective number 10 with our individuals that we've got in our side we are um we will be a serious threat for nearly every side in this division does he finally, Claire, drop Rupp and get him out of the team finally? Fucking hell, you're Rupp, mate. He's just not very Why good, mate. He is. is. What? He's, he's a perfectly... This is my stand. I don't hate him at all. This, this, this is what yes, gets me do. with this player. No, I don't at all. He is a perfectly acceptable fourth choice championship centre midfield player. He is the fourth best player we have to play in that middle two. And he's a perfectly capable player and he's and he did a couple of good things on 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 Friday and then sort of went out of the game um he, he, but, but they, I, all could, I, they all could go out of the game is it just because he's a bit more workman like and not so kind of I just don't think he's I, don't, I, 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 I just don't think he's as good I don't think he affects the mm. game as, as well as McLean I don't think he's as good as Skip no. I don't think he's as good as Mario um to be honest I I would I would pip Tetty above him because of you know nostalgia and I you know I love Alex Tetty but I accept that maybe he, he does have a bit more about him than Tetty in terms of going forward of course but but no I just think he I, I think he's a squad player and I what I don't like is you know Farker is an incredibly stubborn manager and and what the the thing that the thing that irks me about 
um, Rup and is he is another reminder of just how stubborn Farker is um, in that as soon as he's available, right, get him in the team, irrelevant of whether or not he played well last game. I, I think I think that it, it needs to be Kenny and... Uh, that's, that's a bit harsh. Ken, like he only, yeah. Rup only came back when Kenny was injured or, you know, with sorry, he had his... Um, is positive COVID. Before that, Kenny was keeping his place and, and Rupp had been on the bench for two or three games. So I don't think it's as as kind of black and white as, right, Lucas Rupp is fit, Lucas Rupp plays. I think Lucas Rupp had played, hadn't played particularly badly, had, you know, hadn't been as effective as he was earlier in the season, but hadn't played poorly enough to be dropped. Um, and so he retained his place. I, th- I don't think it's as binary as, as you're making out. Sorry, Claire, I've talked over you there. No, no, that's fine. Um, I, I agree. Um, I think he's probably, he, he just sort of gets on with the job um, and probably goes under the radar and just, I wouldn't say that he's not deserving of a place in the first 11, but yeah, definitely not over Kenny. Kenny, before he got injured and then got COVID, he was playing fantastically well and I think we really really missed him um and I think you know when he came back on Friday we were better for it um would you swap him for Mario I love Mario we all love Mario but he can drift out of the game as well but I guess the difference between Mario and Rupp is that Mario just has that moment of genius and can just kind of clip the ball over or whatever or the free kick and he can win us the game whereas you wouldn't necessarily say the same of Rupp so maybe that's where he falls down a little bit but I mean, he's a squad player, but we've got to use our squad this season, haven't we? So yeah, maybe he's is, just it, popped him back in so he can give someone else a rest. I don't know, but I mean, what you guys have said is is, is basically exactly my point, which is he, you know, he's off, he's off about about the fourth choice, and I, I just feel that he's been played more than he should have done when when people like Mario have been have been available. I mean, I'm you know a huge Mario fan, as as obviously John is even more so than than I am. If you if you could only have one, John, you've mentioned your Marco love. If you could only have one of them. Marco or, or Mario, one of them has to be banished to the other side of the world. Who, who do you keep? <laughs> why, why are you giving me this ridiculous Sophie's Choice that I've got, mate? This is really hard. Because, but, um... because, because typically, because I, I was, I, I wouldn't have thought if you'd have asked me, you know, before the pod, uh, the answer to the question, I would have gone Mario every time for you because I know how much of a massive stand for, I do for Mario him. you are. But, I, but do, then I, you, love, but I just I heard him. you bigging up Marco, so I was just wondering yeah, yeah. whether or not. Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm gonna. So I absolutely love Mario Vrancic. Let's just just get that out there, and anyone who listens to this oh, podcast, I think it's I think it's any level of regularity will know that, I'm and, with and you. most people do. Um, however, I would take one for the team, and I, and I think Steeperman or you know any kind of number ten who can play effectively in that role, and I don't think Mario can do that, unfortunately. But anyone who can play in that ten effectively makes Norwich a different team, and so for that reason, I'd have to banish Mario. Oh, that sounds horrible, but to get to get back to to Rupp, I think you are being incredibly harsh on him. I think Rupp, interestingly enough, I looked statistically at Rupp versus Kenny um, a few games ago. Rupp's stats generally are a little bit better than Kenny's, both in terms of progressive passing in the opposition's half and ball retention in our half as well. I think he's sometimes he's better at recycling the ball and moving players around through his ball retention, which can be more simplistic passes than... You know, than um, than Kenny would play, but he just, there was a point in the season probably where he had a good five to 10 games where he was one of the most effective players in making Norwich tick. And we haven't really had that since. And Kenny's come in and he's given us a, a different dimension. You know, he's, he's looks to, you know, kind of be a little bit more direct with it. And I'm not, I don't know. I, 
he's he's been great and Kenny has been in the form of his Norwich City career as far as I'm concerned. But I don't think we should forget what Rook was doing earlier in the season. And I think it was actually um, the last time Hannah was on that, that she was sticking up for him. And that was just before he had his, his kind of really, really good run in the side that he just kind of came to prominence. And um, just after Hannah had talked him up, so maybe that was the confidence boost that he needed. He was listening. I love that you just came with the receipts there, John, and sticking up for Rook. <laughs> came armed, prepared, got the stats. Um, and I completely agree with everything you just said. Well done. i hope you enjoyed that pat on the head john right okay um so so saturday um tell me claire what is the score going to be how's the game going to pan out oh they're probably going to win five nil now aren't they um well so we've got emmy back i think oh we might i'm not i don't think we're gonna do anything amazing i think we'll scrape a 2-1 win I'm not going to be totally op- op- optimistic, to be honest. What about you, Hannah? Ooh, I might go for, I think it could be another draw, you know, but I do think we'll score some goals. I think it could be, um, I think it was Stoke that we played a couple of seasons ago when we just had that little run of three draws when Emmy was out and Stoke was the fourth game and Emmy came back. Um, and we just drew again. And I've just got a feeling that something like that might happen. Um, but it could be like a two-all or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, they've not they've not won in uh, a little while themselves as well. So it's a bit of a bit of an long come Norwich potential. Um, because I'm just looking back and their their results uh, prior to uh, the draw, the very creditable draw with with Reading on Saturday, just gone. Um, they drew with Huddersfield, lost to Watford, drew with Rotherham, drew with Blackburn, lost to Leicester in the Cup, uh, lost to Bournemouth, drew with Forest, drew with Coventry, lost to Tottenham in the other Cup. Uh, and then, yeah, so 19th of December is the last time they won a game. That's proper long come Norwich territory, that, John. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah, it is. And, and actually, I had a look at their results before the pod as well. And as much as they haven't won a game for, well, like you say, literally ages, um, they haven't been spanked by anyone. It doesn't look to me like they've been in terrible form. You know, they've been edged out by a Watford side who I think had probably just had their new manager bounce at, at that point. They were edged out by Bournemouth. You know, they've drawn with with Reading. Um, you know, I think they've had it. There might even have been a three-all draw in there as well at, at one point. You know, so they've they've scored a few goals along the way. They're not a terrible side, and they're a side I tip to do really well this season and I think they might come again and kind of push for the the playoffs um you know you look at the individuals in the you know in their squad and they should be able to put something together and and O'Neill had them kind of purring at one point earlier in the season so it's not an easy game I think it's a game Norwich need to win to to wrestle back some momentum and I think we will and I, I think we'll um it'll be really interesting to see how how quickly we go about breaking at teams rather than, um, you know, the the kind of slightly more considered play that we've had in the last four games. I think Farker, that will be the thing that Farker will identify is that it's right, let's let's go at teams. You know, we've got pacey players in the squad. We've got players who, you know, their speed of thought is is absolutely terrific. Let's utilise that. Let's, let's go and go at a team again because we haven't, you know, as much as we've gone with a possession-based, you know, kind of um, stance with in a couple of games or in the last four games, sorry, um, we haven't really looked like we're going to take anyone apart. And I, I think that's what we need to change. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the fixtures coming up, 
um, Stoke, Coventry, Rotherham, Rotherham, Birmingham, Wickham. You know, if if you're if you're finishing in the top two, you are getting four wins from those five. Um, at, at very worst, three wins and two losses, especially after sorry, three, three wins and two draws. Especially considering you know that the little bad run we've been on, that that needs to to stop and it needs to stop emphatically. And you've got a fantastic opportunity in those, those five games, um, where in in you know in theory. You, you should really be beating those teams and, and we have shown by beating you know most of them playing well against most of them earlier in the season that, that we will um and then and then that sets up that that huge game on the, the 3rd of March but I mean effectively if the form continues the way it well I say form we haven't played that badly again I'm getting drawn in by you know by the fact that you know we are still top we are still joint top on points of the league but realistically, in, in five games' time, that is not going to be a top of the table, not going to be a top two clash on the 3rd of March if we don't score between now and then. So um, I, I agree that I think Saturday is Saturday's a really big one. I, I think it's a really big game for Farker. I think it's a really big big game for him to to kind of stamp his authority on this squad and 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 show how he is able to get the tempo much faster. Um, you know, the tempo at 2-0 down, that's what we needed that's what we need from first thing um, on on Saturday, um, and it's a three o'clock. It's at home, you know. There, we should we should be able to control the controllables, if you like, and you know there, there should be no no hiding places, big 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 long gap to get people ready. You know, he's got you know, slightly more people available than he's had recently. Eda's another another week worth of training. Dow's another week's worth of training. You know, Emmy's back. I, I think we'll have too much for for Stoke um, because I, I think they are probably, you know, I was talking about a long come Norwich, you know, they, whatever their version of a long come Stoke is, old dear Stoke or whatever. I, I'm afraid I think you don't want to be going to Norwich away when they've just got their best player back and they really need a win. Um, I, I think that they might get on the end of the lashing and we might finally get our three, four goal win. If on the flip side, that doesn't happen. I do think that actually the, um, the momentum could start to really negatively affect us because those five games come in really short order. You know, it's five games in fifteen days. Um, so if 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 this if this run draws on, they're not going to have time. They're going Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday. That that is going to be really difficult. And then Saturday again. That's going to be really difficult for them to wrestle back any kind of momentum or or you know they needed to use this eight days. So let let's see. I think I think it's a huge one. <laughs> We asked for listener questions and we've got quite a few on Instagram actually today. So we'll start with Ben Davey, who is kind of timely that you were talking about it, Tom. He's asking the panel, will we still be in the top two by the time we play Brentford on the 3rd of March? Hannah, let's start with you. Ooh. Um, yeah, I think we will. I think we will. I agree with what you were saying earlier that I think Brentford, to me, are the standout team in the league and Swansea are good they're very solid um but I don't know I don't know I don't know if they can sustain what they're doing at the moment enough to kind of keep pace with us and Brentford hopefully if we can start picking up some results again um and I mean if Brentford continue the way they're going then they will definitely be up there but scored by the way clear by a couple of points so well, what happens go. when you've got momentum? <laughs> if they continue the way they're going, i.e. Uh, scoring last-minute goals and uh, topping the league, then, uh, then yeah, I think they'll be they'll definitely be up there um, and hopefully we'll be up there with them. Claire, what do you think? 
Um, I think we will. I think the run of games that we've got, as you've just mentioned, are definitely winnable ones. I think we will uh, scrape a win on Saturday and that'll just get our confidence back. And then I'm hoping that we'll really find our form because we haven't really moved into top gear and we have got the best squad in the league, even if we're not currently the best team in the league. So I think it's time for them to actually step up and make that you know account for something and actually start putting a lot of goals away and annihilating teams a little bit and then I yes so by the time we play Brentford I think we will both be top two I think Brentford in their current form they've just scored another goal so they're now winning 3-1 they will probably be top but I don't actually think that's a bad thing I think it takes the pressure off us for a little while I think when you're top you're just there to be shot down and I think we could do without that pressure for a little bit and let Brentford take that mantle on. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll both be top two and we'll be at the end of the season as well, which for my family would be fantastic because my mum's side of the family are all Brentford fans. So mm-hmm. be win-win. Could be really celebrating come the end of the end of the season. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's... Uh... So that yeah, according to the, the the stats, that's three three goals from short four shots on target, and you know you know a lot has been made of our our bad conversion record, um of you know we've had the most shots in the league or what have you, but but you know we're not converting them, and if you look at the goal difference, that the one thing that you just can't you can't you can't kind of wriggle out of it, despite you just saying we you know we've got probably the best team in the league, best squad in the league. I mean, it would let's have it right. It would be an absolute failure on on Farker's part to not get relic, not to get promoted with this team. Um, you know, it's so much stronger than any team we've had in the second flight. Um, but you know, twelve we've got twelve uh, a goal difference of twelve, so that's you know fourteen worse than Brentford, um, and it, but even eight worse than Swansea. So realistically, that is really something that that does need to be addressed, and you hope that Emmy is you know refreshed and recharged and chastised from yet another petulant, pathetic, silly you know red card, which was yeah silly, not exactly brilliant refereeing, but you know don't don't put yourself in a position to 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 to, to get sent off. I would say. Okay, well, I think Claire, you make a really good point in so much as actually Brentford now going on top, and the expectation that that brings. All right, people have been talking about Brentford for a while, but I think you know if you if you switch to Sky Sports Saturday or you know kind of um, you know other pundits talking about the championship, no one, everyone's just been saying, look, it's Norwich. Norwich are going to walk it. Like Norwich look the most effective side in this division. You know they're they're just they're really comfortable in the way in which they play. And Brentford have kind of the last maybe like eight to ten games have really come up on the rails and. It'll be it'll be really interesting to see how they deal with that expectation that people are now looking at them and, and saying, right, you're the ones to beat. Um, whereas you know that was Norwich City before, so hopefully you know that because they haven't had players, oh, they haven't got players that have been there and done it before. They haven't, you know. So in a way, that worked for us yeah, as an I advantage in eighteen nineteen. But yeah, I think, all- as you say, the experience that we've been there and done it before. Will, will possibly help us to get over the line. And we had a fight with Leeds and Sheffield United. So there was three teams in it last time for us, which is quite unusual really mm. in the championship. It's usually just sort of the two that break away. So we have been there in that kind of fight before. So hopefully it was a that cracking, that was a cracking title chase that between the three and there was lots mm. of jockeying. I mean, speaking of Stoke, I remember watching the, the beam back of the Stoke away game, um, which, you know, I think it was then the evening of that, the, is that the evening that then Brentford did us a favour? Yeah, it was because like, we, yeah. yeah. we were kind of out on the floor that game, thinking that you know, I think it was Max Aaron's was almost in tears, thinking you know we yeah. fucked this, and then yeah, and then um, good old Sergio Canos 
Yeah, legend. No, so we, <laughs> we um, yeah, I think look, there's, there's 18 games left, right? So we've played 28. Um, and uh, so 18 is uh, a, a very large chunk of the season that's already been played to be played again. There'll be a lot of twists and turns. I think there'll be more than one lead change at the top of the league. Irrelevant yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. involved. It's, it, so again, I, I, I was, I, I, it's in my, it's in my nature to, 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 I'm contrarian. So if everyone starts thinking Brentford are the best thing since sliced bread, then it's in my nature to immediately go, no, no, I like my toy better. Um, of course they deserve, they deserve a huge amount of credit for, for basically storming up the league and an amazing run, scoring goals for fun. They, they in Tony, they've got this season's Pookie. Um, and you know, there's no getting away from that. He's, he's, he looks like a, an incredible championship level striker. Um, but look, Leeds looked almost uncatchable fairly earlier in the season than now, you know, maybe a month earlier in the season. But last December, Leeds looked like it was basically Leeds and, didn't it? You know, sorry, not last season, when when we went up with Leeds. Sorry, when we went up and Leeds, no, fucked it, like Leeds do. Yeah, sort of, it it, it was being spoken of in a similar way. Like you were saying about Sky Sports and, and talking about Norwich going up. Um, it, that, it was just a done deal that Leeds wouldn't do it. It's, even if you go down to, if you go down to fourth, that's then nine points. Um, over the course of eighteen games, Watford aren't out of it. You know, Reading likewise. They're nine points off top. It's 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 a long old season and it's a long old slog. So I I think there'll be plenty of twists and turns yet. Fair enough. Okay, next question we've got is probably one for you, Thomas. Seeing as we've talked about this before, but I think it'd be good to get the the views of everyone. Is Emmy Buendia our best player since the turn of the century? Well, it depends on the. Whenever we do these kind of things, you, you have to agree the ground rules. Um, of, or just go with your gut and say who's the best player. Uh, it, since so turning century, what's that? So two thousand, so twenty. So yeah, and I'd still, I'd still go Hula. Okay. Um, because of volume, and and like I say, in terms of agreeing what the rules are, you're going to judge it by. If you, even if you took nostalgia and love out, he's won more significant games and significant trophies, etc. Than, uh, and been involved in more amazing performances volume wise than Emmy has. That's fair. Hannah? Um, I mean, people always go for the flashy players, don't they? And as a former centre back, I always feel quite bad for. Um, for defenders, even though I think we as a club tend to quite like defenders and we've had lots that have become kind of cult heroes. Um, but, you know, what are you, I mean... Are you going to say yeah. Andre Wisdom? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's annoying because you can't, you, you can't not say probably Wes or Emmy, can you? I mean, those are, that, that's, those are the correct answers. I could. Oh, no, I'm oh, definitely okay. not going to say yeah. either of them. Um Okay, fine. Well, that's that's good. That's uh, it's helping helping my cause. I'm sort of contradicting myself whilst also disagreeing with the whole premise of the question. Um, Just pick a defender. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll get back to you. You, you Claire, you go with All your right. uh, with your non non fancy player. Uh, he is fancy, far too fancy. Um, I'm going to say James Madison was our best ever player and we sadly didn't have him for very long. But quite clearly, in terms of what he's now doing, I think he was obviously far too good to be at Norwich 
for long and was head and shoulders above everyone in the championship the season he played uh, that first season under Farker. So although we didn't have him long um, and you can't really compare him in that case with Wes, who quite clearly was with us for like, what was it, nearly 10 years, 10 years and played at the top level that whole time for us. But I'm going to say James Madison was the best player that we've had at Norwich since the turn of the century. Oh, interesting. I'm I'm going to go for another flashy player. I'm going to go for Darren Huckabee, um, purely because, and I don't think there are any rules. I think it's just pick with your gut. He's the one player that you just every time he gets the ball or he got the ball, you'd just be on the edge of your seat or you'd already be off your seat because you'd know something was going to happen. And actually the way that he sing, almost single-handedly carried us to the Premier League and then almost single-handedly kind of carried us in the championship. And if we hadn't have had him, I think, you know, we'd have been in League One a lot sooner than, than we actually were. He's just a phenomenal servant for for this football club. And um, he was just here for ages and just part of the furniture. And it was really, really a real shame, you know, how poorly he was treated at the end of his mm. his Norwich career. But yeah, he's just, just one of those players that I don't think you'll ever forget, um, you know, and just always, as I say, on the edge of his seat when you when he had the ball. I think you're absolutely right. I'm sorry, sorry for laughing. I've I've just seen, I've just seen uh, someone on Twitter say that our next four games could rule us out before we even play Brentford in March. <laughs> you just think, oh my <laughs> goodness <laughs> gracious me! Oh my word! Oh dear! I, I, what what must what life must this person lead? Dear, oh dear. Sorry, carry on. Dear, you're all right, dear. Hannah. Have you have you, yeah, have you found I've decided. I've decided. Here's my left field pick for you. Alex Tetty. Oh, lovely. Oh, because like I say, I think it's those kinds of players who don't get the kind of acclaim, do they? They don't, you know, you're not going to, I mean, they scored some incredible goals, but you're not going to like clip up all his, his skills and have a kind of hour long, you know, compendium of, of all the brilliant things he's done. But he is brilliant and he's he's been there for so long, a bit like Wes. Um, and he just gets better and better. I think he's He's just been an incredible character to have at the club. And I think we're very lucky that he's he's stuck around for as long as he has. Um, and I think he's been massively underappreciated. So uh, I'm going to give him a little bit of... I mean, I don't think he is now. I think we've all kind of come to realise how uh, how important he is and how uh, how kind of... Well, what he does, I think we have started to appreciate that on the pitch as well as off the pitch. Um, but I think maybe... Well, definitely in, in the early years, he, he wasn't... Uh, wasn't exactly appreciated, and so let's give him some love. Oh, yeah, that, so that goes that Go goes back, back to what was that's what I was going saying at the t- the top, which is you you have to agree what your what your kind of parameters are, and what I love there is we've all gone with with different reasons. Although we we had two yeah you know a pair of flashy people, but yeah it's <laughs> it's the I will always put I see what you mean about Madison, but I'll always put longevity as a really high um but what a high was the element. question? The best player to ever play. Yeah, but it, it doesn't say, yeah, exactly. In your opinion, it's no, but people who are younger, um, and it depends how you say best. So I, I think you probably could argue that if you're going pure talent, maybe Emmy pushes Madison really close. Emmy with a really good coach, which, you know, he hasn't had a proper Emmy without the temper. It was, it was quite, and maybe a really, really good coach 
gets that gets gets he's in, got gets, a really good coach let's just no, no, just, no, just come deal on with like this I, nonsense if you trying to suggest that farker isn't a good coach like regularly mate no but like, a top no, but you know what i mean i mean like a top you mean top like a world yeah, yeah, yeah exactly okay, exactly because my point is if if you're going if you're using best as world like, as in uh, 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 the pure talent that is available to them if they were at the peak of their powers i reckon emmy does push madison close like some yeah, of the skills stuff he does some of the way that he shifts his body and weight something some of the goals he scored there's twice he's done that over the shoulder and then like clipping it in goal he's done one of those in the last in you know two in the last three seasons of those i, I think he does push him close but uh, it's, it's you know best for me it means more kind of favorite and overall all the things you could describe oh as yeah best. no i've got a different favorite player is oh, it andre wisdom yeah. it is how did you know yes <laughs> <laughs> We've never Moving mentioned on. him twice in a pod ever, even when he was at the club. <laughs> it's his lucky day. <laughs> okay, we'll have one more question, one more listener question. This is from Callum Howard, and he asks, which current City player would you like to see come back as manager? Claire, let's start with you. Oh, God. Um, which current player? Yeah. That's a tough one. Grant Hanley. I feel like he would, he's Scottish. They always make good managers, don't they? And um, yeah, I think he'd make a really good, tough talking, no nonsense. He'd get on with it. Yeah, Grant Hanley. Nice. Tom, I don't. I can't really offer you any more explanation no, I, as to why I think that. <laughs> I, no, but I like your pick because it's it's kind of a traditional right. Let's go for a dower Scott. You know, like because yeah, they typically exactly. make good they managers. They always so, make yeah. good managers. Yeah. Yeah. I can see. I can see Hanley. Um, yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't want to like play out a position or or not do what he told you, would you? Um, he's a good captain, isn't he? So, yeah. Oh, hmm. oh, brilliant. He's. I mean, I think he's. I think he's grown in most most supporters' esteems this this season. I think we've seen what we would have seen if he could have got in the team two years ago. If you see what I mean, I, I don't think there would have been any drop off there at all. Um, I, I I would go. Um, I think I'd go with with with, with Pookie. Um, I think his demean. I think his demeanour is that of someone who might be a gentle, steely, um, kind of mild mannered style style manager. Very mild. Yeah, but I I I think that that's. I think that there's there's a place for that, and I think there's likely to be more of a place for that the more modern the game goes. And esque. Yeah, I just think he's, and I also think he's he's super cerebral. I think he's really bright guy. Um, and I, yeah, I, I like the thoughtfulness of his runs, and yeah, I, I, I can see. I and also just the fact that I think he would have a, a huge amount of rope and be given a, a nice long time. Whereas there are other former Norwich players who who eventually might get the gig that are going to have to win a lot of people over before they've even done anything. Whereas <laughs> I think Pookie would be starting off in quite a strong position from that point of view. Fair enough, Hannah. What are you saying? Um, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Mario Vrancic because I think he would look incredible on the sideline. Oh, he would, you're right. You know, I think he'd go sort of smartish, maybe a bit like Russ um, with this kind of manager style. I don't think he'd go full club shop um, and I don't think he'd go full suit. I think that's too much. It'd be somewhere in the middle. 
and I think it would put it off pep, maybe a bit pep a bit pep definitely a bit pep but hopefully not yeah. with that not with the cardigan smart like the cash. dodgy no, I, cardigan, I think he'd be he'd pull it off but smart he'd cash he retains he... his hair though I don't think Mario's anywhere oh, near as good looking without that hair that's, that's it'd an be like a bit salt and pepper a bit grey he would just look impeccable Ooh. yeah nice um, and I think he is actually doing his coaching badges so that's not completely left that oh. field idea oh didn't know that that's good yeah and he's quite into his kind of um like sports psychology or sort of that kind of stuff so i think actually he, he'd be pretty good let's do the mm. same let's let's do, let's go back to the uh the same premise of the 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 emmy uh, or best the best player can i who, just who, give you my manager first oh sorry buddy i thought we'd gone so, around and, and done all right, the important boy, people so, and we had we had well many. we had but i just like you know i'd like to put my pick in there and it's based on the fact that one of norwich city's greatest ever managers was um, a goalkeeper as a player. I would go for Mr. Krull because he's just yeah, that's a, a brilliant that, human. He's just an, he's just that. such a good human. And I th- just think he's a leader and the, the respect that he commanded, like when we met him and it was really obvious that, you know, all the young'uns like would just, just absolutely loved him. I just think that the whole ethos of Norwich City Football Club in terms of developing young players, he could be really, really good. So, yeah. He's one of those anyway, that I can see on. sticking about as well. Like he, he's one of those that I can already think in. He's going to go the kind of uh, the Gun Ashton um, Hux, you know, Ewan route of actually this is actually where he settles and and, and sticks around. Like I can see him being being part of the furniture for a long time. I mean, he might that. be wrong. He might he might he might he's, he's got he's had a wide and varied career and what have you. But you just think maybe the ages of the family and everything might might just work out. Similar with, with Alex Tetti. Um, you'd like to think that maybe in 10 years' time, they're the club ambassadors or they're the ones that are, that are doing the ceremonial stuff. But yeah, just, just one final thing that um, just because we were talking about, you know, just cooing over Mario in a, in a suit on the sideline, uh, most handsome Norwich player since the turn of the century. Oh, blimey. Because Mario's up, Mario's up there. Oh, Bradley, yeah, my word. Sorry. Mario is definitely up there, but Bradley, yeah. With the jo- hair, John. Yeah, come back to me. I'm thinking. I've got, I can't the, look the beyond beard? Mario. Would you go Bra- Bradley with the beard or without the beard? No, I've never. Look, Bradley. Look, let's be honest. Bradley's too manly for me. Like, he's too <laughs> much of a man's <laughs> man. Not, That's he's not. He's not classically handsome, is he? Mario no, is. Oh yes, he. Oh my goodness me. My goodness I like me. A, no, I like Bradley's a pretty man. like yeah. Mario's yeah, a pretty he's not man. pretty. Bradley up close, what what a handsome young man. He, he uh, yeah, he sadly is, he... never got that pleasure. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I, yeah. I had the pleasure of making a really bad joke about his beard, and he looked he looked at me as if to say, you, "You're not even fit to to be a speck of dust on my shoe," and it made me like him oh. more. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I think I'd go Bradley. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm going to have to go for Mario. I don't think I can look beyond him. Well, you get back to banish you're going to you're going to banish him to the other side of the world because we've got to keep Marco. So you know you have to look at your picture okay. of him. We haven't had Hannah's pick anyway. She's going to come out with someone really left field that we all. Andre do. Wisdom, yes, the triple. <laughs> 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 um, well, I mean, I think uh, this is this is pretty secret information that no one's aware of. But I have got a bit of a soft spot for Timu Puki. Um, no. So Our next manager, I think I think he's got something about him. You know, he's not he's not kind of. He's not your kind of, you know, typical Mario S. With the hair or without the hair? I think either. He pulls both off, doesn't he? With beard. Got to have the beard. Um, Lorne will be loving this, by the way. Let's let's never put Hannah and Lorne in the same room. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I've got to go with him, of course. Well, 
I think we've uh, we've said it all. We've done it all. Thank you so much, Claire. Thank you so much, Hannah, for joining us again. It's been brilliant. The standard of punditry has gone through the roof. And John, you've only you've only dragged it down a little bit. Cheers. Um, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Do enjoy the game that's coming up, and remember that it is only a game. Um, surely it's going to turn around for us on Saturday. Fingers crossed. Stay safe. My day you go.